All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. Is there someone that they can get, like a big name that is, you know, going to leave a team or somehow they can get him? Um, you know, for me, it definitely doesn't wow it. Like, I love Jason Botterill because he signed me to a, my biggest three-year deal in Buffalo. and Yes, he did. I think he had the right, like, granted, we didn't do what he wanted. But I, I look back now on him. I, I actually had this conversation the other day. was like, you look at Eichel, he's been unbelievable since he's left with Vegas. Now, since he's back from the next year, Reinhardt's been really good. And then like he makes that trade for Tage Thompson and now Tage is a star. So I felt like all the pieces that he loved Allmark, the deal was I was going to play 50 my first year and then he would roll into it. He believed in this guy's it never worked out. He did some good moves. Like, is there a guy that maybe he just got a little, you know, in the wrong space in Buffalo? So I don't know. It's definitely going to be interesting. That's for sure. No, it's a unique way and a unique take uh, to look at it. I, I think they want a gunslinger, right? Like they want somebody with bite, as they were saying a couple of weeks back, dating back to everything coming unlodged, if you will, with Cal Dubas. But you're right. I, I mean, it's such a, you know, sometimes just a victim of circumstance type situation where you even look at a guy like Mark Bergevin, like I would like that fit quite a bit. It's somebody with a winning pedigree who's not afraid to make big time decisions. He wins a lot of his trades. Like I'm just very, very curious to see where they stand on the spectrum in terms of like, do we go somebody really, really hard nose or do we go for somebody more new wave? Cause I, I agree with you. Like you played in this league and, and recently too, like the, the type of player and the generation has definitely evolved. Like you gotta, you gotta treat these guys a lot differently than say when you enter the, the, the NHL, right? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely different, right? Like that old school of mentality. Like I was always used to joke around. Like I had this like 
fuck you mentality, right? Like if something didn't go my way, I like dug in deeper. If somebody said something bad, if the coach was all over me, where now it's a little different. You still have some of those guys that have that old school mindset, but then a lot of these kids need to be pampered and they need to be, they've been silver spooners since they were 10. They've been surrounded by, insulated by people that are telling them, you're the best, it's not your fault, it's somebody else. So all of a sudden now, if you have this hard-nosed GM, like, you know, potentially it works or potentially it just goes into mutiny. Like you look at even Calgary, bringing Suter back, you had guys that didn't want to go there to play. Like, and you were talking about the NHL now, it's not as much as a privilege as it used to be anymore. A lot of these kids are a lot more entitled to it, uh-huh. um, which is which is wild to me because the way I was so grateful to be there and fortunate, but it's a different time and a different era and you need to, you need, you need to manage that. Yeah. That, that's the thing that really dates me. Like I'm 33, as I've told you, I'm an 89 born. And sometimes I think back to like back in my day, you know, covering junior hockey with like John Tavares, his last couple uh, months, uh, you know, finishing off with London Knights and, and guys like that and the Windsor Spitfires and their domination covering the OHL. But it's just a lot different, that breed of player compared to this day and age where the entitlement's there. I think it's a lot different too. And you can speak to this. You enter the league, you have a good year. Within year two, you're getting that big fat ticket. Where's the motivation go? Like, I just think it's tough to motivate players if you're a coach, if you're a GM, if you're anybody involved in an organization. Um, and, and most of it has to come internally. Like, you know, we've picked apart the pieces for another disappointing loss this season for the Maple Leafs. But at the end of the day, how many different people are they going to bring into the mix to try to get these guys going? Yeah, and I think that starts early with development. What I found in some of the teams I've played in that had better structure, better culture, it starts when the kids are drafted, when they're coming into rookie camps and they're coming into development, is being able to set that tone of this is the way things are run in this organization. And if you want to be part of this, instead of being like, hey, you're a high draft pick, here's the keys to the castle. And I think that's something that's gone on now for a while where these you know, your Austin Matthews, your Nylanders, your, these guys are drafted so high and they're anointed as soon as they're drafted. And then all of a sudden now they have the contract every time they get, they get the term, they get the, like you look at Matthews deal, he got everything he wants, right? And now they're in a situation he can hold them hostage. So it's one of those things where I think it starts earlier. And now you look at all these other teams that have been successful when you have players taking like team friendly deals, which is hard because I'm never going to knock a guy for getting his money. But at the no. same time, I think that culture, if it can start earlier when you're in the system, it kind of breeds that winning success. So in essence, you want them to bring back Lou Lamarillo. That's what I'm gathering in between the lines and shave your beard. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd be, I'd, I'd be <laughs> off my beard there, and then I'd, I'd have to tighten up the second chin. So I don't know. Let's get him out of here. <laughs> That'd be tough for me, too. I love my facial hair. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Hutton's Hunch, it, it made its debut last time you were on. I wanted to bring it back. Team Dubis. Or Team Shanahan. We've been debating that for the last couple of weeks. Again, it's so wild and chaotic how everything went down. The fact that the Dubis news, I think, came out an hour after we did our show together. We talked about the Maple Leafs crease. We had to, we had to throw all that to the side in order to cover this crazy and you know soap opera here in Toronto. But uh, looking back at it over the last 10, 11 days, what'd you make of the whole thing? Looking back, I guess in the moment, I thought he was you know, obviously vulnerable interview and like the way it went and obviously the way it went down. But I think looking back now on the way the situations panned out with him and the Fenway sports group and Pittsburgh. And I feel like he knew, I feel like there was some, there was the waters were murky. He's he's like, look at his age. You think he's going to walk away from one of the most important jobs in hockey, if not one of the most in sports with the Toronto Maple Leafs, not knowing over a few million dollars, like he was going to make his money. 
And he was going to make a hell of a lot more after that, not taking that deal. I feel like there was something in the world. It just seems weird to me now, looking back on it, the way it's played out, to not know that he had a plan B in that situation. Um, and I know there's rules and there's guidelines that they're supposed to talk. And like, I've been a free agent before and you can throw all those out the window. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that there's, there's shady shit that goes on and, and it is what it is, right? They create the rules just to break them. And I think that looking back on it now, I feel like Shanahan felt like he was trying to hold him hostage a little bit and, you know, had to do what he had to do. Yeah, it is the unspoken rule. You're right in the NHL, like especially around free agency. We know where guys are going to sign like a uh, week before and they're like, oh, how did that happen? They can't officially talk until this day. There's a couple of things on Kyle Dubas. Like I, I think he knows his worth clearly. I, I think it's crazy. And I understand there's going to be a new ownership group in Ottawa. It sounds like he's waiting for Ottawa. In what world are you picking the Ottawa Senators over the Pittsburgh Penguins is my fascina- fascination, my question. I don't care if Sidney Crosby's 3,000 years old. I don't care if Evgeny Malkin's 1,000 years old. You got a pretty damn good crop of players on that roster who have won before. I think that would entice me, especially somebody trying to chase my first ever Stanley Cup. But that's the crazy thing for me. And I understand Kyle Dubas grew up a fan of the Ottawa Senators, but to pick Ottawa over Pittsburgh is, is crazy to me. Yeah, that would be a definitely, especially what you're coming, walking right into, right? But is he thinking yeah. now or is he thinking five years too, right? Like it's one of those Probably things where yeah. Ottawa is a team that the way they're playing, you, I, I wouldn't be surprised we see them in the playoffs next year, right? They're, they're, they're yeah. getting there, they're getting better and better, and, and that's something he can go with, right? And obviously you need to do a full analyzation of what's going to happen with how many picks are gone and what the future does look like with what he can bring in. And I don't know his ties to it. And maybe he just wants to, maybe he loves the Canadian market. Maybe that's like his goal is to, you know, bring a Canadian team to the cup. But sometimes getting out of that spotlight where you can go to the, you know, Pittsburgh, obviously still a big market, but a little less pressure than there's going to be in that Canadian market where it's just no matter where you turn, everyone's on you and telling you how to run the team. I love that revenge angle too. If he goes to Ottawa, the battle of Ontario, oh, yeah, you knew yeah, that yeah. rivalry and you have Kyle Dubas in the mix. DJ Smith is there. Like they, they, they have, they're, they become sort of like Toronto East in the last couple of years. And some of the names they've picked up and there's been that history and that link with the Leafs and Sens making deals, even da- dating back to the Dion Phaneuf trade. But that's what intrigues me is like Kyle Dubas, uh, the wait and see approach. Like, is he overplaying his hand again is my question. And to me, I feel bad for whoever gets that Pittsburgh job if it's not Kyle Dubas. Like, let's say it's Matthew Darsh, who's done great things with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting for this whiz kid who hasn't won a Stanley Cup. He's won one playoff series in five years as a GM, and you're just waiting for this guy, whether he wants to accept this job or not. I think is ridiculous the way it's all being handled, but that's just my opinion. No, I think so, too. It's one of those things, like, it's almost like we want Dubas. We think Dubas is going to be the next, you know, Theo. Yeah. Right. Like, but he hasn't done it. Exactly. Yet, right? Like he, ha- he hasn't done it. And you look at some of the yeah. deals, like you look at some of the deals he's given up. It's like kind of handcuffed the Leafs in a sense of like, mm-hmm. you look at, you look at Carolina, you look at Vegas, you look at that, like you look at the back end on a lot of these teams that have made it the distance and you look at the Leafs back end, it's not really comparable. Like it's not a team that looks like it's built to win in the playoffs outside of that run and gun game. When all of a sudden the playoffs start and you have the Matthew Chucks, these Sam Bennett's or like, on the back end, these guys that make a much bigger difference in the way you play. And I think we we want him to be what it is, or we talk about it, but he hasn't really done it yet. Yeah, let the record show as well. Former NHL net minor in this league doesn't think Justin Hull is good enough to be on a, a decoy <laughs> in the Stanley Cup. I know you didn't name him specifically, but he has been our whipping boy on this show. It was a tough year for Justin Hull, but they thought he was unbelievable, and he played a lot when it mattered most, and obviously a big reason why 
Uh, everything came unglued. Ultimately, this team couldn't score as well. But I think you're so right. Um, I just think when you look at the Dubas factor, like what happens, I, I like the comp as well to Theo Epstein, but I'm probably on the side where it's like, what has this guy truly done? And you talk about trades. I think the cherry on top, the thank you to Toronto for Kyle Dubas would be if he ended up in Pittsburgh and he said, you know what? I'll take the final year of Matt Murray's contract. Thank you so much for having me, Toronto. Because he loves his guy, former Sue Greyhound, right? <laughs> yeah, Thunder Bay boy. I love him too. But one of those things, that yeah. is a tough deal right now. You know, and that's one that the, we got our boy Wall. We've already anointed him. He's ready to rock. And But now, yeah, what do you do? This is, he's he's handcuffed. But this is the one that, like, it's not surprising. Looking back, like, a year ago when yeah. they got him, you were like, this yeah. is... Like you're putting the guns in the bullet. This is either going to go one way or the other. And and it kind of went the way that everybody thought, you know, I feel for him. I love the guy, but it's tough. Hey, I, I said this at the time, this could be the, uh, the move that makes or breaks Kyle Dubas. And I know it, it broke, you know, not the way we expected where it's like Toronto said, we wanted you back, but they didn't figure out a contract and they ended up parting ways. But I do think that was a big time moment to put all your trust in a guy who's always hurt. It just didn't work out. And I think when, when sort of analyzing what Kyle Dubas had done in his tenure, I think I would certainly look back at that and say this guy was serious, bringing in a guy like Matt Murray who had won two Stanley Cups like a billion years ago. And I, I understand how faithful he is to his Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds guys, but it just didn't work out. So, yeah, like I, Kyle Dubas is something obviously we're, we're monitoring very, very closely. Maybe we find out a decision coming up on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, but I like the comp as well to Theo Epstein, which leads me to the head coach, Sheldon Keefe. Like, I wonder, and I know Brendan Shanahan came out like 11, 12 days ago and said, we'll leave that pretty much essentially to the new GM. But I wonder the longer this goes on, the likelihood that Sheldon Keefe comes back at least initially to start as the head coach of this team. Because you look at the coaching carousel around the league huts, like it sounds like Peter Laviolette could be linked to the uh, New York Rangers. Like there's a lot of head coaching vacancies. You would think in the next couple of weeks, they will be filled before Toronto names a GM. What do you think the likelihood is that Sheldon Keefe comes back next year? It's it's kind of like being a backup goalie, right? There's only so many seats at the table, right? And things start exactly. going and pieces start falling. And if you aren't there to get that job, or the longer they wait, the worse it is. And I feel like this wait for the GM obviously handcuffs them a bit because of the time frame, right? Now, all of a sudden, you've lost these guys. They're gone to other teams. But in the same sense, you look at a team like Florida who was knocking on the door, they make a coaching change and now I look at them. So is it like, is he too familiar with their players? Is he like, and it was the same thing when I was in Nashville, we fired Barry Trotz, which was like, you know, he had been there forever, gets fired. Laviolette comes yeah. in, which is like, it wasn't like a hate thing. Everybody loved him. We didn't play well enough as a team, but Laviolette comes in. It's like a new voice. It's a new system. It's a new everything where you lose that familiarity with someone. It gets, you get comfortable, you get kind of complacent. And Laviolette's a guy that demands a lot out of you, right? He obviously... I feel like he wears himself out in certain teams. You know, he's got a, he's kind of got a two, three year leash where he, you know, gets the most yeah. other teams and then the voice, and the voice gets old, but you know, maybe he's the guy for the job, but if he's gone at that point, now you're really handcuffed. Right. So it's tricky. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's a lot of vets out there, too, to your point, like Gerard Gallant, Joel Quenville, if he's reinstated, like those types of names. And that's why I'm so curious who the new GM is going to be is like, where do they think along the lines of a head coach? How much at fault? How much blame should Sheldon Keefe take? Because if you were to handicap things, if you were to talk to me and we had this conversation on the show after the season concluded when they lost in game five to Florida, I thought it was pretty much written in stone that it was going to be Sheldon Keefe who took the fall. Nowhere in my world did I expect Kyle Dubas to be gone, but it's been sort of a swap. And I think the longer this goes on, the likelihood in, in my world, at least, that they at least come back with Sheldon Keith. Like, how often do you see that where a new GM, regardless of the organization, the franchise, takes a couple months, takes a couple games, obviously, into a season to sort of handicap and look at, dissect what they see in the head coach before ultimately bringing in their guys. So I think the clock is certainly ticking on Sheldon Keith, but Hutz, I would not be shocked at all if it's Sheldon Keith to start next season. Yeah, I, I think at this point it is. And I agree with you. I, I, when the season ended, I, I believe both of us would have said, Keith is gone, right? Before Dubas. But then it goes yeah. back to like that contract, the, the what what came out, like did kind of Dubas make his bed? Would it have been that way if he would have just took that deal? Now Keith is gone. Now it's, it's tricky, right? Because you get somebody in there late, you know, and at this point it's, is it the core, right? Is it this core? Like if you get somebody new, you know, no matter who it is, is it just kind of putting lipstick on a pig here? You just get the next guy in there to take the fall. And at some point you have to just figure this isn't it. I I, I refer back to Buffalo because it felt like that there. Like you had Balsma there, you had Housley, we had Kruger. And all of a sudden it was like, at what point do you say like, it's not the coach, it is the players, you know? It's funny you say that. How, how, how surprised are you at Jack Eichel? So his first year in the Stanley Cup playoffs, dude, the guy's been incredible. I know Vegas has been fighting it the last couple games. I still think they're going to move on here, but Eichel's been incredible. And I won't lie, I've buried this guy a lot in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he is guy. I love Jack Eichel, good relationship with him, but he's a different person when he ties his skates up. He gets into like a world where it's, you know, if the puck's bouncing on him, it's his sticks, his gloves, his skates, his shit. Everyone's playing like shit. The crowd sucks. The game sucks. But when he is on, he is one of the most dominant players I've ever played with. He can control a whole game. And there's a reason why he demands what he gets. And I think it was just one of those things. He got into a team that was supposed to be good. And I've been with Jack a million times in Buffalo where you can't go to a restaurant, a bar. Chippewa Street. Any well, Walgreens, for God's <laughs> sakes, without somebody telling you what they think and wanting something or doing something, and then like always losing. And he is a competitive guy; he wants to win. So seeing him flourish like doesn't surprise me at all. I think it's just showing up every day in Buffalo, 
and it's never sunny and you're losing games and you're driving to the rink and it's miserable and it can suck the life out of you, right? Like when it's good, it's good. And I think it was just yeah. that relationship that had to be broken. And I think that's, from my experience, what I've seen throughout like superstars and different teams, sometimes it's not necessarily the player. It's just like where they are and you need to move on. And, and sometimes it's best for everybody. Yeah, kudos to Jack. And again, to go from Buffalo to Vegas, man, I would be waking up every day with a smile, taking nothing from <laughs> Buffalo. Passionate hockey fans there. They want to win so badly. It's been a long, long time. But I honestly think that's a trade that's going to work out for both sides. I love Alex Tuck. I know they just re-signed Kyle Opozo, so he probably takes the captaincy for one more year. I do think Alex Tuck will be that guy to lead that organization, that franchise. And I believe he's from nearby Rochester. So I think it's a deal, quite frankly, that works out for both sides and both GMs deserve a pat on the back for making that one. And it's great to see Eichel doing his thing. Like, I think it's so fascinating that Jack, Jack Eichel, one year in the Stanley Cup playoffs, he's already made it further than Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews and John Tavares, anybody you can list. It just shows you when you break through, you break through, and there's a chance Jack Eichel could win the Stanley Cup this year. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. So we're going to start off the week, hopefully on a winning note. I don't know how you uh, look at this series, but it's 3-2 now after it was 3-0 for Vegas. I like the Golden Knights to finish things off in game six tonight, plus money on the road. I know uh, Ottinger is finding his way a bit, taking on Aiden Hill, who's pretty much Michael Layton reincarnated here. But uh, what have you made of this series? And do you think Vegas finishes it off tonight? Well, I, I, I would have been a loser because I probably would have took him the last two games to finish it off here. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, you got to think tonight they do it. The way Aiden Hill's playing, he's been so good. And even last game, I don't think anything was his fault. You know, that's a, that third one's tipped. It changes direction. It looks like a stinker, but it's it's one of those ones as a goal. You know that it hits Petrangelo's stick and changes the whole thing. And that, I don't know, if, is, there, is there a let up now with Jamie Ben back, right? Like they rallied around True. that. They used the, – Use that for momentum. They were, you know, backs against the wall. They're, you know, they're like the old, the old club that won't go away, right? They got Pavelski scoring overtime winners, and I gotta like Vegas here. They know what they're doing. They got a good team, and I, I think maybe going into Dallas can relieve a little bit of pressure. I always hate Dallas at home because they're for years playing in that Central Division. That was always a tough game. I thought Dallas on the road was always easier, but this is a different time of year, and I think this Vegas team is just too complete to lose three in a row. Yeah, I'm with you on that front. Bruce Cassidy, for my money, a top three coach in this league, taking nothing away from Peter DeBoer, what he's done now with the Dallas Stars. But yeah, I got that in my notes. The Stars 0-3 with Jamie Benn, 2-0 without their captain, which makes absolutely no sense in the world. He's slated to come back and return to that lineup. And again, game six as the Florida Panthers await. And I just, Matthew Kachuk has been so great for the game, man. Like, I just love over the weekend, he's with the TNT NBA on TNT panel. He's wearing the elbow room t-shirt. Oh, yeah, I don't know how yeah, familiar yeah. you are. I don't know how familiar you are with uh, with Sunrise and obviously Fort Lauderdale, but elbow room. I I did a number on that spot at All-Star Weekend this past year, man. Like the greats of the NHL world were all together in this bar, and it's just tremendous there. Yeah, you can pull up the live feed right on their website. They got live feed right from True. the bar, so you got to be careful. But uh, yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> Honestly, I saw that shirt and I was like, literally, why don't I own one of those? I was kind of disappointed on myself, but that was a sick and he is just a character is a good guy. And, you know, like genuine, yeah. right? Like just me and potatoes. Yeah. And I, I feel like it is something good for hockey. We always want people to step out and then they do and let yeah. them flourish and hopefully they keep it rolling. 
Yeah, I won't lie. I was a little disappointed when Kachuk got traded that it wasn't St. Louis. Like, I love those hometown stories. I know the Blues had won a couple years back. I know you're familiar, obviously, with that organization. But it would have been great to see Doug Armstrong go out and get Matthew Kachuk. But I just don't know if any team was going to get anywhere close to what Bill Zito paid. And I know it's worked out, but you talked about trades earlier on. I do think it flips back the other way. Mackenzie Weger had a really good World Championship. Canada wins for the fifth time in the last eight years. I think Huberto is going to have a bounce back season. So we talked about that Buffalo trade and Tage Thompson and Ryan O'Reilly. I think this has, a, you know, the ability of this trade to flip back the other way and actually work out for both sides. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree to it. It takes time, you know, like there is kind of that yeah. getting to know where Florida was ready. Like we're talking about a team that won the president's trophy, mm-hmm. not that like year before and they were ready to rock. And you have, again, they had this $10 million goalie who, you know, if they don't make the playoffs, we're saying, oh, my God, this is the worst deal ever. Now we're like, oh, that's why you need to spend money on your goalie, right? So it's exactly. just such a such a fragile situation. And and my only problem is with him in Florida now, they've had all the success. Say they go win the Cup. Do they get any fans next year? Is it back to just being nobody? Is it back to just they're not bringing it in? So that's the only part that sucks having a player like Matthew Kachuk, who is so great for the game, being in this non-traditional market in the sense of, like, it's just not going to – fill the seats next year which i hope it does maybe it becomes a passion but you know it's obviously one of those things that every time you go play in florida it's just like oh just like a chair night yeah that's the, that's a saddening part about it but i will give them credit their fans have been great the last little while of course the least played them in round two is mainly least fans there in the building but even with florida like you know i play a lot of fantasy hockey i just wonder what happens with sergey bobrovsky next year and i think the unique thing about this whole situation they have a really, really good stud, stud young netminer who's not with the team right now in Spencer Knight. And at one point in time, he is going to be, you would think, the next Jake Ottinger in this league. And it's going to take some time in the maturation process and all that. And assuming he comes back. But, like, that's a story that nobody's really talking about. It's, yeah, they have Bobrovsky. Alex Lyon's been a great story. I believe he's a UFA following the season. But, like, Spencer Knight is sort of the next one, and nobody's really talking about it. Yeah, well, you think last year he was starting games against Tampa for them, right? Over Bobrovsky yep. when he struggled. And yeah. he is really good, and he is a stud, and his time's going to – he's still very young, right? We talk, we've talked about that with younger goalies, and you need a little bit of maturity, right? And even that – let alone Bobrovsky's had times where he's been bad. And, you know, you need time, and you, you need to grow into it. And you, it's kind of a constant give and take with goaltending. But he is a guy you want to build around, and, like – can you move Bobrovsky? Does somebody want to take him on? Cause he's had such an amazing playoff. Like he obviously his contracts humongous and like, is it some way to get some relief there where they can continually grow with this team? And it's cause I think Spencer Knight's definitely the goalie of the future. If not there, you know, there's a guy that would be in high demand. That'd be hilarious. If uh, Florida goes on this run, potentially they win the Stanley cup and then they find a trade partner for Sergey Bobrovsky. I think you have to do it. You sell high on the guy, just considering the body of work, the resume, the track record. And that's the amazing thing about Bobrovsky too. Like he has two Vesna trophies. Like he's done this before. I think it shouldn't be a shock that he's found his game, but just more so when it's happened and just this crazy run that they're 11 and one since going down three, one to the Boston Bruins, just to wrap and look at chat, uh, Patrick G mafia, frequent uh, viewer of this show by Friday, the GM will be signed no later. I would think, yeah, that's the fascination for me is how this process has played out. I know it's been what roughly, I guess 10 days, 11 days since Shanahan came out and said they parted ways from Dubas. What's your expectation? Like, when do you think they have to have somebody in place here? Well, definitely the sooner the better, right? I would assume that majority of these GMs, they're they're laying out a plan of, hey, if I become the GM, this is what I'm going to do. 
And Shani's not stupid either. He's going to want to make sure he hears out everybody, even for him to get some ideas of like how this should be run, right? Getting a bunch of great hockey minds in, interviewed, you know, stealing information, right? You know that it's a copycat league and, and teams are always looking for some way to be creative and do that. But I think the sooner the better, especially with you talk about like, you know, July 1st coming and with the Keefe issue, like where do we go from here? Not that Brandon Pridham can't manage that right now for the foreseeable future, but even for him, I'm sure he wants to know like, where does this go? Yeah, that's right. And uh, a lot of love as well in the chat for uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. I know he's been linked to the Leafs, but I think with Kyle Dubas out of the mix, that's somebody that he obviously secretly, not really even secretly liked for a long, long period of time. Uh, Patrick also writes in Bergevin is a decent pick gospel. Um, a lot in the conversation. Handshake line respect. I love that throwback to that Sheldon Keefe comment a couple of years ago about the handshake line and respect. But trading Marner, uh, keep the rest of the core. So handshake line respect wants to trade Marner. I know we had this convo a bit last week. Uh, Benny B as well. Tavares contract sunk the Leafs. It's just the same type of rhetoric uh, that we've seen in this chat the last sort of while. There seems to be this <laughs> consternation, this cloud around Leafs Nation. And I don't know how dialed in you are to Twitter and all that, but a lot of people just bitching and complaining still how everything went down. Cal Dubas is gone. You just got to move on at this point. Yeah, well, it's going to be that way, right? People are going to say yeah. that it's easy to sit at home and make decisions. And, you know, if, if Dubas stayed and then Keefe was out, we might be like, why do we get rid of Keefe? And why do we do this? Yeah. And at the end yeah. of the day, you have players that are right now kind of holding the team hostage with how much money they're making. And it's tricky to – there isn't a lot of mobility for any GM that's going to come in. And they're going to have to find a way to be creative and and manage that cap because it's no matter what, that cap creates parity, right? If we could spend to the ceiling and, – and one thing Toronto's not shy about is spending – off the rink. I remember being yeah. there last year. We, we'd go out for the skate in the playoffs. We'd have like eight coaches out there. There was like 10 players and they're just, will throw yeah. money at everything. And sometimes it can be, you know, coming from St. Louis where they won, we had the bare minimum where they're going to spend every way they can to make this team successful. But now you have to do that inside that strict cap. Hopefully they did enough uh, for Ryan O'Reilly to contemplate coming back because he has been linked already to the St. Louis Blues. But a story as we move on this week, uh, Hutz, great job today. We'll be back in the mix coming up tomorrow. Hopefully some news breaks or some new information comes out. But there's uh, there's always something to talk about in this market. So we'll talk on Tuesday, okay? Sounds good. Thanks for having me again. Anytime, former NHL netminer, former Maple Leaf, Leafs legend Carter Hutton, my co-host for the next couple of days. There he is. Uh, many thanks to producer Aaron. Thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys were fantastic as per usual. And so uh, we'll be back on Tuesday with special guest Steve Dangle scheduled to pop on for the very first time and we'll pick his brain. He'll probably go nuts and crazy on the show, but that's why we love Steve. So Steve Dangle coming up on Tuesday. We'll talk then. Take care, everybody.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.